Welcome to episode 619 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Welcome along to episode 619 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How are you going, Jobbo? I am very good, Bevan. I'm on the big island and we're not dead from lava. Yeah, you're, not, you're fighting the lava? I heard you had to ride through the lava, swim in the lava and run through the lava. We even did a barefoot lava run, you know, just see who could go the furthest. And there's a few blisters yep. and bruises, but we're okay. And Dave lost one foot, I heard. Dave lost both legs, yeah, no, he's, he's a double amputee, and, uh, but he's, he's, he's not complaining. He's committed, I like that. Uh, Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by... Extreme Endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. And these include, John, you go first. Robin, Mr. Big Trotman. We've got Paul Mang- Mango Mad Moore. And the grinder, Christine McKinley. Hi guys, in this week's show, it's going to be it's probably going to be a short show, but we've got a little bit on there. We're going to do some news, and then I actually caught up with Caroline Stephen last weekend, so we're going to talk, catch up for her. I got to her boy, Jesus, she's got a cute little boy, I tell you, uh, real cute little boy, so it's kind of cool, and uh, we talk about what's happening with her career right now. We have one year of the week, questions and answers at the end, and then uh, it's pretty much the show. Jumbo, we had Iron Man Lanza Grotty over the weekend, and uh, slow race, it's understandably. Yep, so Alexa- Alessandro Di Giuseppe took it out in 8 hours, 52 minutes. He swam 49.20, he rode a 5.03, and then ran a 2.54 to beat out Ivan Rana by 6 minutes, and another couple of minutes back to, to Cyril Vino. so good on him. On the girls' side of things, Lucy Gossage took it out in 9.49.27 with a 58-minute swim, 5.29 on the bike, and a 3-hour 15 run. So she is just continuing to crank it despite being back at work. But probably the story of the day was uh, second place, Simone Mitchell from Great Britain, went 9.54, so you might go, okay, she's five minutes behind, but she was an age grouper and beat the rest of the pro field, including Michelle Westerby, Nikki Bartlett, etc. So oh, Really? I was, I was wondering if we've ever had an age grouper that's actually won a race overall when there's been pros racing. I think there has been. I think back in the day, didn't like it in Wales or somewhere like that, didn't happen. Quite possibly, but I don't know. But if any listeners out there do know, it would be uh, it'd be interesting. That's the highest I can I can recall. So, well done on her. That, that, that'd be a bit of a buzz, wouldn't it? Although she would have she started at the same time, she probably wouldn't have known. No, she wouldn't have started at the same time, and the others wouldn't have known either. So I'm, I'm sure they would have uh, started at a different time. Yes, that is pretty impressive. But um, Jombo, we also had Ironman Brazil over the weekend, and good racing again. We did. We so we had uh, Jesper Svensson steal the show there when he beat all the Brazilians. The rest we were talking about this last week, and it was pretty much a Brazilian show, just with a, a few random internationals. So he took it out in eight oh eight oh seven. He swam, crikey, swam forty three forty eight. That's a rather fast swim. Uh, then he uh, rode a 4.23.44 and ran a 2.55 to beat, beat out Igor Amirilo, uh, who was about six minutes back. And Tiango Vinay was in third place, another five minutes back on the girls' side of things. Uh, another one stole the Brazilian show. Kirsty Yarn took it out. She had eight hours fifty-four for a about a nine-minute victory over Sarah Piampiano and Bruna Ma in third place. Now I've got to admit, I've never heard of the two winners of this race. So uh, Jesper Svensson, I couldn't really find too many results on him. Had a look up on good old trysplits.com and found Kirsty Yarn on there. And she's had a couple of uh, good results, so maybe I should have heard from her. But being a bit inconsistent, she... It's just loading now. The internet in Hawaii is not always the quickest. But she had a second in Ironman Cozumel last year. She had a, a disqualification at Ironman Africa, uh, South Africa last year. Wow. Uh, she had a, did not start in uh, a Brazilian race last year. Uh, the year before, Texas, she had a did not finish. And then she had an eighth in Chattanooga. So um, an eighth, 
three zeros, a second, and a first. So a bit of a bit of a mixed bag, but good on her for taking out that race. Yeah, we're thinking DQ's probably drafting. Like, what, what do people get disqualified for nowadays? Well, you usually got to have multiple um, offences, so not quite sure. Because she's got, look, I'm just going again off trysplits.com, and she's got a, a swim time, she's got a bike time, and, and a run time. Uh, so, very good question. Don't know. I mean, mm. like, you got to have, what, three drafting penalties to get DQ'd? Um, and. Whether I guess if you didn't serve one of your penalties, that could be a reason for disqualification. But it's um, yeah, an interesting one. But how often? Although we don't really look with a, like a magnifying glass, but how often do we see pros being disqualified in races? It's pretty rare. It's very rare. I remember Craig Alexander got disqualified actually over here at the Kona seventy point three when they did have pros included a few years ago because he, this was before they changed the rules. Oh, that's right. And yeah. he had uh, a sleeved swimsuit. sleeved tri suit underneath his swim skin, and uh, he won by about bloody fifteen minutes, and then got disqualified. So yeah, no, you don't you don't see it a lot often. Interesting stuff. Uh, Thorson sent through some results from through 70.3s uh, and halves around the world. He did indeed, and I'm um, just going to find them. So, Bevan, you, you tell us uh, what's happening in Christchurch. I hear the weather's been magnificent. We have had shocking weather, John. It's been unbelievable. But <laughs> we'd be, we don't have lava, so we're okay. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. We, we had a couple of halves. Cameron Worth took out Challenge Salou uh, in three hours 45. Only won by about a minute there. Uh, Judith Vanquero took out the girls' race. We had 70.3 in Austria. And I've got to say, Michael Weiss, the dude is just running insanely fast. He ran uh, 69 minutes during the really? half. Really? And, uh, and I've said this one, it's the second or third time this season, and the guy's supposed to be a biker, and yet he's putting out these amazing run splits. Rudy Wild was second, and Rudy Wild over the half distance. He hasn't yet shown his ability over the full, but over half, he's extremely fast and put several minutes into him. So 109. That's, uh, yeah. I haven't done a course check on that one, course accuracy check, but that's still smoking fast when you're out running Rudy Wild by a few minutes. Laura Phillip took out the girls' race. So that's your results roundup for the weekend. But we did also have Ultraman Australia a few weeks ago then I failed to, well no, they didn't have the results up on the website um, when we went to air. So we had Carl Reed take that one out in a total time of 21 hours and 20 seconds. Uh, he really came home and won it on the final day with a 6 hour 35.08 run. Having been starting the third day, he was about 9 minutes uh, down on the leader who was Craig McGuillan, um, and but he managed to overhaul that pretty comfortably and win by 48 minutes over Jason Shields and Craig McGuillan. On the girls' side of things, you had Anya Brinkamp take it out, and she did 24 hours and 12 minutes, and a pretty sm- relatively small victory, only 13 minutes over Kirsty Sheehan and Steph Barrett in third place. So that was Ironman, no, Ultraman Australia a few weeks ago. And they basically had about 50 competitors racing that race, but about just a bit under 50. So I, th- I think they, they limit it to 50. So I think they had. Oh, do they? Yeah, they had four, 44 finishes, um, and they had looks like four did not finishes, and yeah, maybe they had a couple that didn't start. But yeah, they they do limit it to 50. Yeah. Um, giant in the show notes here, you got a, a public shit fight over Race of Legends. What's all that about? Give me the details. You haven't given me anything here. Well, this is a bit sad, but at the same time, it is a little bit entertaining um, because it, so in France, you will have heard uh, us mention on the show a couple of times. So there's a race called Embra Man, and this year yep. this guy uh, Christoph Kroetz, uh, he's a very prolific poster on on Facebook um, with posting lots of legends pictures you know he's obviously got loads of old magazines and and there's some great stuff um for all the you know triathlon anoraks out there just looking at all this old, old stuff and he'd set up the the race of legends which was going to be held at uh, Emram man this year and, and it was either going to be over a sprint or an olympic distance and uh it's being built up he was trying to get all the top athletes there from the past you know the likes of melina mark allen dave scott and and just loads and loads of legends i think the target was to try to get like the, the hundredth greatest 
best athletes of all time. And it sounded like he was doing a great job. You know, he got a lot of athletes there. Um, but it's all for turned to custard, and uh, sounds like that himself and the organizer of Ember Man have had a massive falling out, so the race is now not happening. And then the the, the race director of Ember is going to because there's a lot of people had made arrangements to go. He's still going to have sort of a legends race, and they're just going back and forth on Facebook saying each one's lying and they're not telling the truth. And it's, oh really? Um, uh, and they're putting out it's these, high school scandal at uh, the best team. It's um, yeah, no, it, it was a great concept, and it would have been awesome to see. But the yeah, the fallout on on Facebook with each other, the two of them going at each other is um, yeah, it's 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 not pretty. Oh no, yeah. you, you, you wonder when one of your friends pulls you aside and says, "You know what? You're not doing yourself any service here." You know, like mm. no one looks good in this situation. You know, don't don't put it on Facebook. That is, that's thirteen year old girl at best. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, we'll see. We'll see where that one leads to. We do have this weekend the um, inaugural and I think only Ironman Philippines because the, the, the initial announcements were that it was going to be a one off Ironman. So they have plenty of seventy point three action, Olympic distance action over in the Philippines. But this is the, I believe, the first time they're having an Ironman over there. Um, and you know, look, why one off? Well, I think it's a celebration of of, uh, of so many X number of years over in the Philippines. And look, okay. the, rea- the reality is, uh, it's just going to be a, a survival test in those conditions. I mean, it's bad enough doing a, a half uh, in the heat and humidity over there, but a full is just going to be you know last man standing type type things. So I believe it's a one-off. It's only uh, paying $25,000 US total prize pool. Uh, it's a 2,000 point race and it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to be a ding-dong battle and see who comes out on top but we've got a good chance of it being a Kiwi because on Torsten's ratings we've got the top two seeds. Uh, Mike Phillips is actually ranked above Cameron Brown on Torsten's ratings. He's expected to come in in 8 hours 22 but that's a bit hard to predict when they haven't had a race there but he's two minutes ahead of Cameron Brown and Frederick Cronenberg is uh, is the third seed on Torsten's ratings, but we know that he races very very well in the heat. So yeah, a um, reasonably small field on the guys' side, only 13 racing, and um, we could see a few surprises. We could see some DNFs because it's um, brutal conditions on the girls' side of things. You would expect Liz Blatchford to dominate the dojo. You know she needs to to get some points to to, to make it to Kona, so she's uh, expected to come in in nine hours 16, which is uh, 34 minutes in front of the second place uh, athlete on Torsten's ratings, Dimity Lee Duke. So good luck to the girls out there racing, 12 girls on the line. So a pretty even spread there, 13 guys and 12 girls. Uh, and it'll be interesting. I don't think we'll see fast times. Um, and we could, should, could see some major cracking. So we, we put our post up on Monday about, of course, accuracy for Lanzarote and Brazil. And looking at what people have come back with, we didn't get a huge amount of feedback this week, but what are people kind of saying here? Uh, they're very much saying that, that Lanzarote is, is very accurate and uh, the swim has been recorded long. It's, it's funny how often, yeah, for the athletes racing, the ones that are in the in the actual race, you won't hear that many complaints from athletes when the course is a little bit short. But my God, when, yeah. it's, when it's long, you hear about it pretty quickly. Uh, <clears throat> so the swim looks like it was a, a little bit over four k. Um, the bike accuracy from Lanzarote looks pretty accurate. You know, one hundred and eighty point eight or one hundred and eighty point one. So that looks pretty good. And the run looks to be forty two point one. So again, very accurate there. So good work, uh, uh, I man Lanzarote, and we're just had one post on Brazil, um, Ignacio Reed said swim, don't know because I didn't use GPS, bike, it's a new bike course, uh, first year and they got 180.4 kilometres and the run 41, 42.1, uh, so pretty good day I'd say, said Ignacio Reed and I agree with him, it's a good work Ironman Brazil, so we're getting some pretty good consistency the last couple of weeks, pretty accurate, you know, they're within a few hundred metres on both the bike and the run. Hey, that's the reason they can say they've got the world record, John. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this week, this week's discussion, uh, we basically were asking what were some of the worst race director decisions that you've encountered and upon reflection still piss you off? Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first, John? Uh, okay, Barbara Harker-Nielsen. She's still livid with this. When I was heavier, I entered a triathlon in the Athena class. 
Um, we were the last wave to go and I crossed the line in second place. By the time the awards ceremony rolled around, I was in fourth because their race director had allowed two women to transfer out of their age group into Athena so they could podium. Years ago, and I'm still pissed. That is it. That's an absolute shocker, isn't it? It is. That's a shocker, Joe Crocker. Okay, Richard Swanino has got, I was pretty dark they didn't cancel this Ironman New Zealand swim last year when it was too rough, and in my soft cock opinion, uh, <laughs> results, slowest swim time by 10 minutes, then chundered half uh, in the lake at the start of the ride. I've got no sympathy for you, Swanee. If, if the swims are getting cancelled too often these days through conditions that are moderately hard, uh, so no sympathy for Swanee. Swim. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing Swanee now this weekend. He's coming down to the Christchurch half. He, he's going for, I think he said he was going for like one thirteen and a half is the goal. So Okay, he, he'll, he'll go through halfway in 31 minutes uh, and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and then hang on dear life. <laughs> Um, this is a good one here, Ben Pasala at Long Course Wales in 2016. So what they do at the Long Course weekends, for people that don't know, they do a swim on the, uh, the, the swim and iron distance uh, on Friday. They have a bike, they kind of have the sportif um, 180k ride the next day, and then there's a marathon on the Sunday. So a bit like what we did for our Iron, Dis- our iron Talk 10-year anniversary, except it's all uh, organised and it's a, it's a race. He said... Um, uh, the bike being a draft legal sportif on Saturday, uh, not a mass start, but you're given a start time between 7am and 10am. I was given a bike start time of 9.45 to 10am, having provided an estimated bike split of 6 hours. It was a horrid day which slowed me up, and the, even though I discovered that there was a cut-off uh, at the 115 point, 115k at 2pm, even though I went through 90Ks and 315 and was starting to overtake lots of people, I failed to make the cutoff along with all of those I overtook. Basically, if you didn't make your estimated time, you didn't make the 2pm cutoff. Whose idea was that? Most annoyingly, the top 10 of the swim from the Friday got a special start at 8am, which would have meant you have no worries with cutoffs. I missed the 10th spot by 7 seconds. That is pretty. That's pretty poor when you put a predicted yeah. time, and if you just miss it, you don't make the cutoff. Yeah, that's, that's a bit stupid, isn't it? Gallagher's got in uh, 2009, 70.3 worlds when we swam in the canal instead of the ocean due to the waves. It's an ocean swim, people. If you can't handle ocean conditions, don't end races with ocean swims. Yes, I'm an Australian who grew up in the ocean and loved and the advantage it gives me. <laughs> so, I'm with Nicole on that one again. Got to be ready for any swim conditions. I did see Nicole over at the Commonwealth Games uh, triathlon, and I did see Evan as well. And I, I only sort of just gave him a little wave, and um, I was running around after the kids. So, Evan, if you're listening, I did see you. I did acknowledge you, but I probably should have come over and said hello. But we'll see you in Kona. You're such a snob. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Who are you doing next? Uh, ben, there's a number of people here that are pissed about Ironman Western Australia, and a lot of people are saying they're not going back. Ben Cobra, the change of the swim course Ironman Western Australia. D- what did they say? Do more than likely won't plan, won't plan on going there now. So what they basically changed over there, like the Ironman Western Australia was an iconic swim. You basically swim out and around mm. this ginormous long pier. And... Um, <clears throat> Which would have been great because spectators would have been so cool. Oh, and it just gives you great sighting, and, and people love this swim over there. It was, you know, it was one of the big draw cards to that race. And so this year they had a, a, a shark, you know, I didn't have a shark attack. I was about to say shark attack, but they had sharks in the water and they had to cancel the, the swim. Totally fair enough. I think people understood yep. the decision there. Uh, so what they've done for the future races is now they're going to do the swim really close to shore. And, and, a lot of people are saying to me, well, this, the shark's still going to be in the water close to shore. I guess the reason is their evacuation procedure will be a hell of a lot easier, so they'll be able to get people out of the water a lot quicker. Um, but a lot of people aren't happy about it, and they said they're not going back. Not going back, David Doherty. has got easy. Iron Man Texas decision to pull the bike course to Marshalls when there were so many, many tech supports on course. Oh, and the fact that the course is two miles short and they never let us know. Oh, and starting the female pros without wetsuits, only to start the age groups in wetsuits too close. So David Dewey was not happy about that race at all. That is some dumbass decisions. I mean, I get some of them, but 
think just thinking about the wetsuits one, I, I wasn't aware of that, that the, the females didn't have wetsuits. I mean, that's a good couple of minutes that the top pro age group men are going to be starting behind and they're just going to eat into the, the woman's uh, lead and then just bike up to them and, and it's just going to be a shit fight. So I'm yeah. with you, Dave. Uh, Kefren, yeah. Izzard courses with so many people on the bike that it's unsafe for the TOs to be out there. And I'm not talking about, about Texas. Okay, well, good old Lucy Francis got challenged for this bin, changed the race start for my wave to 20 minutes earlier than originally planned, the day before the race. They happened to mention it occasionally at the briefing because somebody asked a question about the various waves. You could hear the whole room gasp. Thanks, Thankfully, the race line was, uh, the race was fine the next day. There we go. Drew, snap, he missed out on a bloody race win. He said, lack of markings on the road. I led a race from start to finish when the road forked a quarter mile before the finish and it wasn't marked. Because of the way the road forked, you couldn't see the finish line. I went the wrong way and went an extra half mile. I understand that not having a volunteer there, but the road should be clearly marked if the course isn't 100% obvious. That would rip your undies if you're leading a race and you went the wrong way. Yeah, that would that would rip your. Like I've, you've seen that happen. People make mistakes, but if it's bad marshalling or bad, mm. you know, that would really rip me up. Good old Chris Chenham has got not iron distance, but recently uh, sprint distance here in Victoria, Australia. Saw many rim deep over thirty mils banned due to weather conditions. Decision was made the day before, meaning many people withdrew because they had travelled. Yeah, that, that's a bit of a suck one, isn't it? Uh, turned out up on race day and the TOs were initially enforcing the rule and later changed their mind. Confusing, annoying and inconsistent. Won't be racing that series again. That is that is poor when you actually say there's a rule and you start enforcing it and then you don't enforce it later on. So that yeah. is a shocker. Yeah, that is, that is a shocker, Joe Crocker. Okay, John, what about you? Um... I haven't got anything right here, Bevan, and I've got to, got to push on because I've got to take my crew down for a, for a swim at the pier, so I haven't got any uh, shocking race decisions at this stage. Bevan, yeah, any, really. anything you experienced? Not really. Nothing, nothing that shocking. No, no. But, you know, I'm, on, I'm still on. complaining about the poor handicapping of the, uh, the wetsuit aquathon at Kona and the time that you managed to oh. that was that was a poor the race, race director should be actually sacked. John take me back I do have a complaint <laughs> because the last time I didn't win but I was first across the line and somebody pulled up early and everyone was like oh there was no there was no, how do they know and blah 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 hey I was first across the line I don't have that trophy right now John <laughs> and who, who arranges that wetsuit aquathon eh Iron Man organisers Shape as creep as I was blasting up the line. I saw it. Then why is he stopped? And buddy Paul, you know who I'm talking about, Paul. <laughs> you know, I'm, I lose sleep every night over that one, John. I tell you, every night. John, what's the sponsor this week? Who's the sponsor? Extreme Endurance. And I've got to love it. All the athletes on the camp over here in Kona have got their little uh, their little sample packs of Extreme Endurance. Um, but most of them are on it already and have been loving it. So, guys, if you're ever going into, if you haven't used the product before and you're going into a camp or a really big block of training, uh, it's a fantastic time to actually give the product a try. And uh, it means you'll be able to recover a lot quicker from day to day, handle the training a lot more, and uh, do more than you perhaps will have realised. So it really helps with that muscular soreness between sessions. So get on it, people, extremeendurance.com. And remember the promo code IMTALK20 to get yourself a 20% discount. And I will say, one of the products I've been using the last couple of days is, uh, might as well tell you about now. I've just had, you know, Bevan, a few years ago when we were over here in 2014, I left uh, a lot of my insides out on the, on the Queen K. Um, it wasn't pretty. And uh, and there was um, yeah there would have been some good hosing down opportunities for whoever was uh, checking that course. This time um, we're over here this time, and I've managed to actually leave some of myself on the on a, the lee drive section of the run. So oh, nice. I, I, uh, you really like to leave your mark, don't you? I, I do. Uh, so I got rather ill um, the day before last, and and. Fair to say, there was a lot of me left out around the island. And but what I was doing, I, you know, I needed to try to regroup and, and pull myself together. So I was. Uh, give me a second here, Bevan. I'm just trying to to get myself together. Um, hold on a second. There we go. He's pulling up. He's pulling up something. Pulling up. Pulling up. Extreme endurance. My my. Yeah. So I was cranking out the the Hydro X, which is their sort of really high electrolyte drink, um, because. 
everything had come out and I wasn't able to hold any fluids down and I was trying to get my electrolytes back in so I've been on the extreme hydro X got 150 uh, 1500 milligrams of lactate a premier blend of electrolytes patented hydration technology with sustamine and it uh, helps to, with your energy cramping protection and recovery so it's just trying to regroup from leaving my insides out there so look after your legs with the standard extreme endurance and uh, if you get in a situation like I had get on the old extreme hydro X good work guys and, and like John was saying if you're doing camps it's a really good time to actually get some extreme endurance into you because obviously when you do camps you tend to be overloading your training to levels you don't normally do and you also want to perform at those camps so you get the kind of physical benefits of doing them so it is you know wherever you are in the world you might be thinking about doing a long training block or a training camp like John's camps it's a really good chance to so you can perform better as an athlete so check it out xendurance.com okay guys I sat down before I didn't actually I Skyped Caroline Stephan a few days ago. So here is Caroline Stephan talking about life as a mother and uh, getting back into racing as a pro. So here is Caroline right now. Radio team, I'm very excited today to have legendary athlete Zena, Caroline Stephan on the show today. How are you going, Caroline? Good. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Okay, so it's been, it's been a really kind of interesting time in your life, obviously, because you've recently become a mother and you've just started to get back into your racing. Um, I'm just kind of curious, you know, being a man and being a naive man, how long did you want to be a parent for? Like, you know, that whole idea about becoming a mum and being an athlete. Like, I imagine for a female there's a bit of conflict or, or struggle around that. Was that something you experienced? Well, yeah, to be a, to be a mum, that was always my, my biggest dream, to be honest. I never had a dream of, you know, going to Hawaii or being a professional athlete or something like that. My dream was always to be a mum. So um, it took me quite a long, long, long time to achieve that one. So... I would say probably early 20s sort of was like uh, really, yeah, I was keen to be to be a mom and uh, have my own little family. Then it just never happened. The time wasn't wasn't right and a partner wasn't there. Or Then I came into triathlon in my early 30s and, yeah, I just made the decision to wait a little bit longer back then. And, uh, yeah, now it's, it was nearly too late, so... <laughs> And does it, but does that make that decision hard? Because where you have, you know, you've got a very successful triathlon career and there is a lifespan in that career, but it's, it's almost a perfect conflict really, isn't it? Because you have this triathlon career that has a time limit, but then you also have an age for a female where giving babies gets harder. And so that is kind of a difficult situation, isn't it? Oh, I definitely, yeah. I think um, as an athlete, I think the major difference to have, you know, a normal job, you can pretty much have babies whenever you want or whenever you can and then just go back straight in uh, in a uh, in the shop you have. But as an athlete it was it was really hard at the start actually when I when I was falling pregnant, um, pretty much on the day I figured out I'm pregnant, my I just lost my job because I actually yeah. had a five five hour five hour break on a, on a, on the program, you know. I had a big swim in the morning and I felt a bit slack and I did a test and figured out I'm pregnant so the afternoon I, I had to cancel because I couldn't get out, you know. It's just not what you do when you're pregnant. So um, pretty much from day one on, I was um, I lost my job straight away, So, um, which was fine because it was sort of, you know, I was very happy with, with what happened. But um, as an athlete, I think you really have to make um, – think you have to think through that if you um, – because it, it's hard to keep your sponsors through that time and um, to go back – um, we can talk about that a bit later. Because mm. well, back in training, back in racing, it's actually really hard. I find it really challenging and really hard mm. um, on your body, and um, yeah, it just uh, it, it's quite a big, big challenge. So, um, as an athlete, yeah, you have to make decision. Do you want to have them? You know, maybe even before you start doing triathlon and bring the kids into into that sport, or do you have a sort of a baby break and then you come back? Um, or you tap it's just heavy towards the end and then that's it so yeah it's a it's a big big change and uh, a big challenge that's for sure and um for you what like t- talk us through a little bit that kind of period uh, before you even like you even knew you were pregnant um did you kind of know kind of physically that it was kind of happening or did, were the changes that you were going through that were a bit out of nowhere or um, well, I had big change in the last few years with new partner and, and, and the move to Port Macquarie and uh, getting older too. And um, we, we sort of, yeah, we sort of um, said, yeah, why not? And if it happened, we're both happy. And 
and then uh, I was I was injured as well back then, and um, so I had to back off with my training a bit. I had a lower back injury, three bulge disc, and a lot of pain, and I couldn't really do much. I was riding a lot indoors, and I was barely able to run, and um, done still heaps of swimming, but I really had to back off. And I think when I backed off my training, the body started to recover a bit, and probably mm-hmm. was sort of you know got ready for something else and then it happened actually really quick so I'm very blessed of having you know that opportunity to as an athlete to fall track that quick the whole pregnant pregnant experience you know like a you, you get these different experiences for different females you know some people have a really great experience some people it's a real struggle but for an athlete who's so in tuned with their body um what was it like for you to kind of go through that that pregnancy experience physically mm. At this, like I knew straight away, like 10 days in, I knew I was pregnant. That's how good I know my body. I went for a swim and really? I got back and I, I knew that something was different. Um, uh, I struggled to breathe and it was just a different body feeling. I think over the, all those years, I know my well, myself really well and I knew straight away something was not wrong, but something was different. And then um, going through the pregnancy, I was very lucky. I think I had, I had barely anything. I wasn't, I hadn't any, you know, sickness in the morning or... Mm any strange cravings or any other um, things. Um, I think I was very lucky and had a very, very good pregnancy. But um, on the other hand, um, like I said before, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do my job anymore. And sort of my daily routine changed straight away. And at the start, it was a struggle because uh, I was in early stage, so you couldn't tell anyone. So everyone was wondering, oh, why are you not training? And I started putting weight on. That's a thing, you know, as an athlete, you always you used to be light and thin and all that. And all of a sudden you start to put weight on and your daily routine changed and you can't do your chop. And I felt a bit useless sometimes because I had nothing, not nothing to do, but um, not like I couldn't do what I used to do and mm-hmm. had to back off and had to focus on someone else than just myself and my training. And, yeah, it's just – I, f- I find it quite challenging that everything changed straight away and um, well, it's, actually, whole- it's, it's quite interesting really because you think of most females who get pregnant and have a job they tend to stay at their job for a long time you know they, they don't really pull out of their job until maybe the last six weeks or month beforehand and so they have this um, this kind of your identity doesn't have to shift too much too quickly whereas suddenly because your job is such a demanding physical job to, you had to pull back straight away. So it was almost, I imagine, this kind of loss of identity, not just just because you weren't doing the thing that you do every day. Yeah, exactly. And you sort of try to do a little bit something, you know, you want to stay in shape, but then you look crazy with that big belly, 32 <laughs> weeks, and you're still doing hill reps. Um, <laughs> people look strange at you, but I, I try to do things still, but you're just really tired and because it's not – yeah, a normal day job, you still go and work till 30-something week and just keep big and big and big and everyone's like, oh, she's pregnant. But as an athlete, you spend a lot of time at home, you know, and um, I haven't really set up anything, you know, as another, like another business or something. Uh, some other athletes have their own, I don't know, clothing line they're selling or anything else. I, I had pretty much just my sport, my racing, that kept me busy enough the last few weeks and uh, uh, years and um make me enough money so I wasn't really looking for having something else so um I actually used those 10 months or yeah to just do different things I went back to Europe as an example for a couple of weeks and um just done a few things at home or like reading a bit more or something like that um to focus on different things but yeah it was for me it was quite quite hard um because I yeah I couldn't I lost sort of my routine and my identity, yeah. What did you kind of, was was there some kind of self-discoveries through that time? Like did you learn some stuff about yourself that you could take forward? Um, that's a good question. It actually, at the end, looking back, actually went quite quick. And I was just amazed how... Like you fall pregnant and then straight away your body just start changing and I was quite busy and um, just actually like looking at myself how much I change and how I react to certain things and um, 
still try to do a little bit of training, you know, on the bike indoors, the handlebars just go more up and then you flick the whole handlebars up, you still can do a little bit. Or I had to change the run from um, certain flat sections to hill reps and then at the end they ended up with just steps. So um, learn about myself. I think I just uh, probably just to deal with the situation, whatever it was, and I was um, I was very happy, of course, because it was such a big dream of mine and, um, I was very careful. I think I was a bit over careful with, with um, riding. You know, I know some some girls still riding outside at about 20, 25 weeks pregnant, uh, and I stopped probably around twelve weeks because I was just like it's too busy outside. If I get hit or you know, kangaroo or yeah. <laughs> whatever, um, yeah, gonna lose little mate, and that, that, I didn't want to risk that. So yeah. Um, so then uh, the, the the birth went really well, and everything was really great on that front. Uh, I wouldn't say really well. <laughs> <laughs> I got that big human outside of me. Yeah, no, it was. It was. Um, it wasn't really like planned. It. Uh, it was much harder than I expected it. To be honest, it took me uh, nearly yeah fifteen hours. Oh wow! Yeah, Is and it... he was a pretty big boy, and <laughs> and the problem was he was facing upwards. So um, usually babies coming. Probably people don't know that usually babies coming down head first, of course, and then facing down. And um, little mate was facing up, which makes it really, really hard for moms to push babies out, especially when they're 3.9 kilos. So yeah, yeah it was a bit of <laughs> it was a bit of struggle there, but we got him out, and he's all you know, all healthy and big, strong boy, and very happy, happy little body. So yeah, it's it, um, yeah, it was a very, very tough day, very um. It was just after Christmas, and yeah, and it was it was a big day. <laughs> I can't even comprehend because <laughs> like, you're you're a hard ass as an athlete. Let's, let's not deny it. And so, if you're saying it's a hard day, you're like, respect, you know, like yeah, you know, you know, my slowest Ironman was nine hours and fifty nine minutes. Yeah, uh, it took me fifteen hours to get that one out. So it was a really, really long day in office. So I understand age groupers with fifteen hours plus racing. Um, I think. It, if I ever do an Ironman again, it's going to be an absolutely breeze compared to. Um. <laughs> well, that's, that's actually a really interesting question, isn't it? Because there's this whole idea that, you know, if you learn higher pain thresholds, your ability to be able to go there can sometimes, be, you know, you know it, if you know what I mean. It'd be interesting to know for females who have been through birth, do they believe that that kind of challenging experience of giving birth actually makes them a better athlete mentally at that time, I wonder? Yeah, that would be interesting to measure, but <laughs> to be honest, that little race I've done in Vietnam and I was running along and I, I wasn't really in pain because I wasn't going hard enough but I was thinking about you know that day when I pushed that little buddy out and I was like that's actually quite easy here you know it, oh, yeah, it, really? hurts, it hurts a little bit but it's actually not you know it's not that bad I've done bigger things before so yeah I think if uh, I think you can use that day as an example of how much uh, pain you can handle yeah I think it's it's maybe a good thing in the long term, um, going back to Ironman racing and having really big pain. It's like, oh, it's not really that bad, actually. Yeah, you've got a new standard, haven't you? So so once um, – what, what's your boy's name? Xander. Xander? Xander. Like Alexander? Xander. 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 Okay, great. Um, so Xander – so once Xander kind of come out, what was your kind of – Obviously, being a mum first in that first period, but what, what was the kind of the long term plan? Was it always to come back to be a pro, or did it make you think twice about being a pro? Or, like, tell us about that experience. Yeah, um, I sort of had a plan, but I was open for whatever, you know. Um, things change, they, they put that little body on my chest, and I looked at him, and you know, the world just flipped. Um, and at the start, I wasn't really sure if I want to go back because I just love motherhood so much. And I really enjoyed the first, like, weeks and weeks. I couldn't do much anyway for at least four weeks. I couldn't really, yeah. And after that, I was able to go for little swims and I rushed to the pool, you know, quick half an hour swim, rushed back home and I missed little body so much. Wow. So I, I really thought it's not going to happen, you know, and – but then after another couple of weeks, I felt like, oh, I actually want to, you know, I want to go for a little spin and I want to, I want to get fit again, you know, I want to, I want to still live my life and have 
have a family. I think every other woman has, you know, has to go back to a job. And um, so it was just a graduating little um, steps every week where it was, okay, the swim going to be a little bit longer and the ride going to be a little bit longer. And I go around the block and I leave him at home this time and not pushing the pram around the block. And it's just little steps. And then I figured out that, um, like I said before, I don't feel I have to go back to work too. And I'm not in a situation I can say, you know, I never have to work again. So, um, yeah, I've made a decision to go back back and do what I can do best, and that's that's training and racing. And, um, yeah, at the moment it's uh, – I'm about, you know, three, four hours a day you train, and the other 20 I spent with Xander. So um, I think he's in a much better pos- position than Port- – put him in a daycare mm. and go for a normal job. And, you know, three, four hours I'm away, his dad is actually at home. So, um, or, or grandma is looking after him. So he gets that social social effect too. And I think it's actually good for him. Like yesterday I had a really big day and I, I actually struggled to get out. And, and my partner, Pete, said, he's fine, you know, like he's he's with me. He doesn't – he's he's fine. And that <laughs> And he was, you know, he didn't miss me, and um, I miss me more. I think, I think I, I, I have to learn. Like at the start, I really struggled to let go. Like even just started, you know, people holding my baby, sort of. I was, I was really, I think, I panicked about the bit at the start, and <laughs> very conscious. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I had, I had to let go a little bit, and I think it's good for him too to have other people around, not just mum, twenty four seven. Can you talk to me about energy management, you know, because before Xander came around, you were, you were the athlete, you know, it's kind of every moment of your day is, in theory, is kind of about getting the best out of your day as an athlete. Whereas you say you're, you're kind of 20 hours a mum right now and babies are very demanding and, and more demanding on their mothers than their fathers because there's kind of those needs that only mum can provide. Um, and then you are still going out and training three or four hours a day, but I imagine you're doing it with a level of fatigue or, or what is that experience like, you know, with the energy management of the whole life now? Well, that, that whole life just changed because I, I get up in the morning and I just, I don't have really time to think if I'm tired or not, you know, if I had to breastfeed him through the whole night or not. It's just, um, it's amazing what you just do because you just have that one hour window, you know, I go out and smash myself and get home and, I'm happy I've done a session. You know, every session I do is a plus. I see it that way. And every – from riding indoors and I, he's asleep, every 10 minutes I get more out indoors. Like when he's asleep, I ride another, you know, add another 10, add another 15 minutes because he's still asleep. So that's just a plus. Um, and I, I see more that way. And it's quite amazing how how much you actually can do with – like before I was, I was busy with myself, you know, I had – that time I swim and I get home and I breakfast and I sleep and I go on a bike and this and that. But all of a sudden I have a baby and I can still do the same. It's amazing how oh, really? how much I, I just I'm, I think I'm just a little bit better organised now and you have to be better organised to fit um, a baby into your life with, with all the training and but. Um, does it, does it give you yeah, more sense of a purpose when you are training? You know, like, oh, I've only got two hours today or I've only got three hours, so I've got to make sure I make the most of that time? Oh, definitely, yeah. First of all, I'm not training as, as many hours as I used to, to do, which is not necessary at the moment, you know. And um, definitely when I, when I head out, I know exactly have, you know, those three hours on the bike and um, there's no more coffee stops, there's no more, you know, stops for for taking a photo stuff like that it's just um i really have those three hours and i try to get the best out of those three hours and then when i get home i'm just you know usually got back and i was like oh was that good enough or not and oh should i do this and that and i had too much i think i had too much time to overthink uh-huh. things but now i don't have the time anymore i get home and i was just happy i had those three hours and i usually smash myself in those three hours or one hour whatever i have and then I'm happy with whatever I had, you know, and then get home and being a mom. I think, I think I'm actually having a way better balance than I had before in my life. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do, do, do you find your motivation is changing as, it, as an athlete? You know, like you know, like you think about 
you know, you had the desire to be the best. Um, now that you've got a child, does does the motivation shift? Does it like thinking about your athletic career here? Hmm. I maybe see it a little bit from a different angle now. That winning is probably not everything, which doesn't mean I'm going less hard when I'm mm. racing. I still mm. want to win, but. Um, you know, if you have a day, you don't win, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's not, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's at the end, it's, it's a chop I do and it's, it's a sport. It's, um, and yeah, having a family, I think it changed the look at, yeah, at what, what else I do. Like, yeah, it's changed that perspective. I reckon it's, yeah, it's not priority one anymore. Mm. I totally know what you say. Like I have a daughter. My daughter's well, although my daughter's twenty one. But um I remember when I had my daughter, I was only nineteen, I was a kind of a young idiot. And I remember it was the first time in life where I realised that it was you were you're totally selfless. Like you can you can love your partner and you can have a really good relationship, but your child is the first time you experience or for me at least, it was like that kind of total selfless. Um and it does kind of I think it does make you a more rounded person. It makes you kind of shift and see the world in a slightly different way. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, because he Xander shows me the, the the world in a different way. You know, sometimes I watch him and he's doing things, and I'm quite amazed how open he is for everything. And you know, not because he's so little and so fresh, he's not scared or yeah of anything. Or he's how how he explores things and take for a walk, and you know, he sees the trees, he sees the leaves, and. And it's actually just him crying now. Oh, you can we can pause if you need to. I quick have to pick him up. Yeah, 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 yeah sorry. Yeah, 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 you're right, I'll pause. I'll pause it. So we're actually we're back and we had a quick pause here. We've got Xander and we, we might hear Xander in the interview. So Xander's just kind of on the lap right now. He's got his little penguin suit on, looking very cute. Um, big big eyes. I love it. Um, so, there he is. Hello, mate. Um, so we're starting to see you come back into racing recently. What's it like been getting back into racing? Yeah, it was good. I, I think I needed, to be honest, it was way too early for me to race. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't even close to be ready, but um, I think I needed a little, you know, a little motivation to um, get out in the morning and do my sessions. And I, I sort of needed a, a little race to see where I'm at. You know, I knew it's not going to be magical, but <laughs> just getting out there and actually run those 21K, I think our last 21K ran was like uh, the last race I did before I fought pregnant with Sanders. So, um, like I said, yeah, I haven't, haven't even done the mileage and haven't done the training, but it was good to, get, you know, have a long training day and coach said just, just go and go as steady as possible. Don't do anything crazy because to get injured is just a big risk and, we try to have a big training day. That's all I try to do. Have a big training day, have fun, you know, keep sponsors happy as well and, and show your commitment to the sport and you're back and have a little go with, you know, travel with Xander as well and see how you go racing with him, him waiting at the finish line. It's just, it was so different. Like I got up in the morning and race morning and I was completely out of routine. Like I was, I was between breakfast and, pumping milk falls in so you can you know can have a feed when I'm racing and it was just um it was, but it was fun like I, I enjoyed it but I didn't feel any pressure I didn't have to prove anything and yeah so 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 what's the plan moving forward like um you know what does your year look like what are you kind of you know kind of in the next period of time what is the kind of the pro part of your life look like <laughs> um I'm heading over to Europe for a couple of weeks training. I'm back with Brett Sutton, actually. Okay. So I'm heading back to Europe, train with him in altitude for, um, yeah, one and a half months. And then um, on the way home, I'm heading to Cebu, 70.3, for the Asia-Pacific Champs. And yeah. that will be our first uh, real race back <laughs> after Zen. Um I really want to give it a good go there. I've, I've won the race five times, so it's sort of one of my – my favourite race is really nice location. It's an Asia Pacific Championship as well, so I really focus on that one. That's early August. Um, I think that gives me enough time to get ready and not overdo it. Mm. So, and then after that, it looks like I'm going to do Sunshine Coast half. Okay, nice. 
and then see how we go after that. Um, I feel like I just need a, a big solid block of training first before I go back into racing. I'm not, I'm not really in a rush to squeeze any more races in. And But I think after a good block of training, I can you know keep racing till end of the year. So that's sort of the plan, yeah. So at this stage, it's just staying within the 70.3 and then kind of get to the end of the year and see where you're at. Yeah, to, to be honest, I'm not. I'm just not ready to put the training in for an Ironman. Yeah. It's it's a too big commitment. I'm. I don't even want to do the training at the moment for Ironman. I don't want to leave Zandra alone. Mm. The most he's alone at the moment. It's a like yesterday had three hours and then run off the bike after three. So it was four hours. I saw him quick after three and then ran to another really quick <laughs> one hour. I have to make sure I'm back by time, but uh, I just miss him too much and. Uh, I'm just not quite ready to put all the effort and yeah. that commitment in, and body's not ready as well. Um, I'm, I, I still feel like I recover from from all the pregnancy and labour and all the after fun is stuff happening. Is this something you talk to Brett about? Because the one thing we know about Brett as a coach is he does tend to give his, his athletes lots of volume. And I know, um, is this a discussion you really talk to him about? You know, like where you kind of emotionally are with what you want to be as a mum and the kind of training load you want to fit in? Like, is that a kind of a conversation you guys have to make sure you, that yeah. equation is correct? Yeah, definitely. His priority one is to see me happy, you know, and Great. see me confident and see me um, go, going well with, with being a mum. For him, that's number one to make sure I'm, I'm confident with what, what I do. And he um, he helped me a bit in the pregnancy as well to get through and told me what I maybe should do, maybe maybe shouldn't do in training. And um, he's he's um, he's really good. Like he, he was a big help and he's a big help at the moment. And the reason why we're back with him is, um, you know, looking looking what he's done with other females coming back after having babies, like a Nicholas Spirig. And um, we had another, another few girls uh, um, that came back after having babies and they've been quite successful. And mm. he, he's, um, like I said before, I don't have any time to waste. You know, if I have one hour time, then I want to get the best out of that one hour. And he knows that. And um, I think he just knows the best what, what I need at the moment. So. Yeah. Did you did you actually ever talk to any other pro athletes who have gone through the mother process and did they give you any kind of tips that were really helpful? Yeah, we actually talk all the time. Like um, Miranda and Chody and Meredith um, Kessler. Uh, yeah, we talk all the time, but we all talk about babies and, oh, have you started solid food yet? <laughs> How's breastfeeding going? And, we, yeah, we actually talk all the time, but not really about training. Well, a little bit about training, but it's more um, how you're going as a mother. Yeah, it's, it's quite cool that it's sort of like a little group we have. And um, if I text any of the girls, they text me straight back and very helpful. Even Rachel Choice, you know, had her, her boy um, a bit more than a year yeah. ago now. And um, she was very helpful, even in pregnancy. I wasn't really sure. And she was like, oh, maybe try this and that. And yeah, it's it's quite cool. It's um sort of becoming friends through the sport, but um being being mom at the same time. So we help each other out a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty great, isn't it? Because I imagine in some ways, you know, you guys are all kind of playing the same game for the same rewards, but at the same time, there's a beautiful camaraderie that's happening because of this kind of special life thing that's happening. Yeah, and we're all in the same boat. You know, we all want to sort of go back racing, and um, uh, yeah, we all want to. It's for everyone new, and we don't really sure what we do, but uh, so we try to support each other that way. And yeah, even talking to Rini about you know travel with little mate and how is that doing? And yeah, it's it's it, it's I think it's really it's really cool. That's awesome. Um, it's really nice to hear that. It's really great that you guys are so supportive of each other. Just you know, for those you know, obviously you're a very top end pro, but for those kind of females out there who are maybe you you know of that age you know kind of in the 30s and think about having kids who are triathletes what would just be some tips for you around you know just how to be work through this time successfully um yeah maybe not taking us pros as an example to be honest <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I, I don't think what we do is sort of normal to be honest it's um it's 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 quite harsh on your body what we do and even you know I get heaps of female texting me oh I'm 30 weeks and 
I saw you're still running in 30 weeks. Um, yeah, I do because I sort of have to because it's sort of my job and I have to go back in, you know, fitness as quick as possible. But I think as a as a woman has travel on as a, you know, as a hobby and as a normal job, um, the only advice I can give is just give yourself time, like after giving birth and just um, take it really slowly. Um, it, it's hard on your body. It's... Um, so a lot of weight has to, you know, come off, but it's all coming off natural. So don't stress it. And um, once you feel okay, you know, start with little bits and parts. I started with, like I said before, a 30-minute swim, and I was away for 50 minutes, and I missed a little bit. So just do little bits and parts, and then try to involve, try to involve the kids uh, when they're maybe a little bit older, involve the family in sport, and maybe take them for a ride or take them for a walk or yeah. Yeah, Don't cool. rush it. Hey, well, thank you for your time today. It's it's so cool to see um, get to meet young man and uh, good see. It's just good seeing you back in the sport as well. And it's it's so cool. And I don't know if I've seen like in the last couple of years, just you know the amount of pro top pro females all having babies. As you said, there's kind of a group of years now. It's really quite cool to see that coming through. And you you guys are role models to people for lots of reasons. But kind of being mum as a role model as well is a pretty special thing. So it's pretty great to see. Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually more than 20 of us last year. Really? Uh, yeah, we made a list. It's more, yeah, it's more, I think it's 22 or something of us, yeah. Wow. Mm. That is, that's, that's <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? So There's yeah, something in the water. <laughs> there's something in the water, yeah. We're going to have a little kids' corner in, um, in Hawaii this year or next year. Drop, we... off the, drop off the bags and the kids. <laughs> just, just, just lastly, I suppose, just, you know, you talked about sponsorship commitments. Um but how do you manage that? Like you're very good at your social media presence. You are, you know, you're very, very active through that. Did you feel a kind of a pressure, or were, you, were your sponsors actually pretty cool and understanding through this time? Yeah, it's, um, it's quite interesting that I, I never got any negative feedback, you know, and for packing from any sponsors at all. But at the same time, I felt under pressure mm. um, because I I want to support my sponsor. I want to, you know, show off the, the products and be in good shape and doing races and, yeah, doing what I'm supposed to do, but I couldn't do it anymore. Mm. So it was a bit um, – but, yeah, I haven't, I, haven't lost, I haven't lost any sponsors, so they all stick to my side and um, sign me up again for this and, and next year. So um, I'm really um, – I think I'm really lucky and very, very thankful for um, all the sponsors sticking with me and supporting me through, through pregnancy and through motherhood as well. Um, it's 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 really cool and um, again talking to other other pros not not all the pros being that lucky so yeah thanks thanks to all my yeah. all my good sponsors yeah yeah <laughs> hey well thank you so much for your time today it's um you you, you know you're a star for many reasons but it's so cool to see you. You, you look you look like a very happy mother I tell you you, you guys can't see you but she's <laughs> very happy and I tell you what he's very chilled he's very relaxed look at him he's calm as. I know he is. He had a he had a big sleep and a big feed, and he had a bath, and now he's dressed up in a silly penguin costume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the joys of being a baby! That could be your next. That could be your next race outfit, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Just uh, yeah, I saw that in the shop, and I thought it was quite cute, little penguin, and. Yeah, see how you go. Yeah. Maybe next cold race. There we go. There we go. Hey, well, thank you for your time, and keep doing what you're doing. And uh, you're a bloody rock star. I love your work. Thanks so much for having me on the show. And we are back, John. One thing you, know, you haven't heard the interview, but one was thing that was really cool, and everyone else would have heard it, was how basically all the female pros who have babies have become really good friends, and, and they're really right. supportive of each other, and they'll keep keeping in contact. And it was just really lovely to hear that, you know, because they're also kind of competitors and the jobs and all the rest of it. But it was really cool about how you know they've there's always beautiful kind of network of pros who have had kids. It was really quite cool. Nice. So Caroline's going to yeah, win so, Kona? Uh, I don't think this year. She, uh, I think she's just getting back into it, but she's got a pretty good attitude, and you can tell she loves being a mum. And mm. she is creepers, cute kid. Mm. Um, anyway, John, let's, let's do our patrons, because I know you've got to go. So patrons. We have a new patron this week, Linda Rowe. I was canvassing the uh, the opinion of the support crew over here to see uh, see what we could do for Linda, because Linda's a Christchurch local. She's got, got a, a, a lawn mowing business, uh, Edgeware oh. Mowers. If you need your, 
your lawnmower condition or anything, go and get it done. It, yeah, it's good. I, I get my lawnmower condition with them and it makes a world of difference when you've only got to do like one yank on your bloody lawnmower. Got those nice sharp blades and it's uh, kicking butt. So check out Edgeware Mowers if you're in Christchurch. So it's, it's was, something you do need to do. You do uh, need to get lawnmowers sorted out, you know. Yeah. People don't, you know, it's, it's a machine team. It needs work. Yeah, so um, so we had a few suggestions. Uh, so blades of, blade of steel or... Mower, or, or I said mow, Linda Mow Row, um, the cutter, or rotary. So, Bevan, what are you thinking? Blades of steel, mower, cutter, mow, rotary, or have you got any other suggestions? Or, or what about blades of glory? Blades of glory, okay. Blades of glory. Yeah, yeah. Blades of glory is what I'm thinking, which is comes from an. Uh, it's a it's a common uh, Will Ferrell movie. It's about, a funny movie that is. Yeah, so I'm kind of thinking that that's actually a pretty good one because you've got the blades, and obviously Linda always goes for glory. There you go. Nice work. Love your work, Linda. No, I'll, be bringing, I'll be bringing my lawnmower in when I eventually need to get it done. Yeah, <laughs> is your new house going to have any uh, any lawns? Because your current house has about probably about no, 10, actually, 10 metres square of lawns, if you're lucky. No, we actually one. have quite a bit. So our, our house is a long house, so... There's about a thousand squares of land, and then but you got the house to one side, and then the lawns to the other side. But it actually, has quite a bit of flat lawn. So yeah, I think I, I'll be doing more lawn mowing, John. I think you need to right right on. Yep, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> if anyone wants to, Linda, if you can sort out sponsorship or a ride on mower, I, I think I think it's a genius idea. Okay, John, uh, sponsors Extreme Endurance, your Lactic Buffer, and our patrons. And uh, if you want to become a patron, just go to www.iamtalk.me. It's all very obvious on the website. And uh, you can just contribute to the show like Linda, Blades of Glory, Roe has. And uh, also just support us and what we're doing. One other thing I will say as well is remember we do have our I Am Talk uh, kit on the, the website. You can get through the World Triathlon Store. Um, we've got <laughs> Dave's just come up with another suggestion that's probably not appropriate for Linda. Uh, Linda, ride on, Roe. Oh, <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> I um, like it. But what I was saying is, uh, yeah, we've got the the Iron Man, uh, I am Talk store there, and uh, had Ollie, Ollie Jenner, uh, Mr. Sausage over here. He's on the support crew over here. He he had some of the I am Talk shorts on uh, the other day, and he also nice. commented about the size of the chamois. He was very happy. I said, I said that the kit's looking good there, Ollie. He said, great big chamois in here. He loves it just like you do. Yeah, I have to admit, hey, that chamois is the best chamois of my life. Mm. I wear it to bed at night mm. just because I like that <laughs> feeling of support. <laughs> Joe's like, what are you doing? Hey, hey, so you don't have the boys, but you just don't understand. Um, John, what you got? So you, you, you turn up in Kona, you fight through the lava, and you get sick. What yes. So, yep. Yeah, so we rolled it. I rolled in here on uh, Thursday last week. Most of the athletes turned up on Friday. Saturday, we had a fantastic day. We biked over to uh, Captain Cook, where, the, where there's a great swim we do across this bay. It's uh, 2k each way. Um, and you swim to the point where Captain Cook got uh, killed and uh, apparently boiled up in a pot and eaten by the, the locals. And then uh, then we, had a, we, we biked back to our condos and then we had a run down Lee drive so day one went perfectly nice and smooth uh, athletes were suitably tired after that little workout and then yesterday we had the big uh, Ironman bike ride and I will say got to give plugs to the athletes it was very little um, cracking of the whip required by me yesterday uh, in terms of running off the bike normally you finish the Ironman ride and from where we are staying it's actually 193 kilometers not 180 and everybody got out there and did their, their bike ride we had pretty pretty fair conditions out there yesterday it was uh, not particularly windy there was some wind up at Harvey it's very rare that you have no wind um, but it's just a brutal course. It just grinds you down uh, riding the Ironman course over here. So a lot of people always finish the, the ride and, and really have a newfound respect for trying to actually do an, do an Ironman over here. So yes, uh, all is going well so far. We're just about to head down to the pier where we'll start do a nice swim around the course. And this afternoon we run from the Energy Lab back into town. So by the time they've done that, they will have swum the Ironman course, they will have biked the Ironman course, and they will have uh, not run a full marathon but run the entire course and that's what it's all about over here experiencing uh the whole 
course and then actually doing the 70.3 and some of the guys on the camp are saying I don't plug this this camp enough in terms of the, the level of ability a lot of the time people think that epic camps are, are really full on and that the proper you know full on epic camps you know you do need to be of a, of a reasonable reasonably fast speed to be able to get through the, the camps and just just keep up but on this one you know we've got a full full range of abilities so if you are sort of in that you know if you're around the 13 hour mark or, or in that sort of range and thinking oh that's too too you know, those camps are too full on or too serious for me you've got plenty of athletes around that ability on this camp so uh, everyone has a fantastic time so if you want to get involved on it in future just uh, just get in touch just one thing John like I know the lava is actually not really a problem but what's is it all the talk on the island like what's what's the actual feel like over there well i i, I won't be doing a retraction but uh from my from my rant last week uh but there is more vog than i'd expected and that's it rolling in the sort of the first day a bit more vog so it's sort of just a bit cloudy and, and volcanic fog they call it over here uh so there is a bit more of that but we're it's just it's a hundred percent. Other than that, it's a hundred percent business as usual. You wouldn't, you would not have a clue there's anything else happening on the island. So um, no, I haven't seen any reports. Um, not that I've been watching the local news, but yeah, everything's operational. There's, there'll be absolutely no way that the that there's, it will affect the Ironman. You know, we were out there riding, yeah, and whilst I say there was vog, no, nobody here is complaining about any smells or anything like that. So. It's uh, nothing to be concerned about. Okay. Uh, any other goss, John? No, the goss, really. No, people are just starting to roll in behind me, and we're just going to go get stuck in and uh, go for a nice swim out in the Ironman course. Go for it's some turn. The cool thing is... Uh, the cool thing over here, when you go swimming, you just get to see this amazing sea life. Like, we might go out there today, and you get dolphins swimming around you. You sometimes see turtles out there. You just see amazing Yeah, it's very special, isn't it? It's, um, it's pretty wicked. Everything about kind of training there is pretty cool because obviously the weather's challenging, but in a cool way. Uh, then you've got the swimming. Then the riding's it can be a bit tedious because it's kind of the same, same, but it's also how often you're riding through lava fields, you know, mm. like it's pretty cool. And then the running's pretty beautiful as well. It's a pretty awesome spot to train, isn't it? It is, and it's uh, it's hot and challenging though. That's that's when you do that first run over here, you just your head's exploding. But the good thing about this camp, by the time we actually get to the race, People are fairly well acclimated, and uh, and it's not it's not horrendous. One other thing I'll say: Terenzo Bozzoni is still training out here. He's been out here for a few weeks, so he's out here with his coach uh, Dan Plews, and uh, we saw him when we were riding. He say he was riding back towards town, so you know he's been out here for several weeks, I think. So he must he's taking his Kona prep pretty seriously. Uh, he might be one of my picks this year, John. Mm-hmm. He might be one of my just giving you an inside tip here, you know, <laughs> just you know, put the house on it. Yeah. Evan's tip may include a bit of trends of Barazoni on it. So next um, next week's show, guys, I'll be trying to do as many interviews with I can, as I can with the camp athletes so you can hear uh, about you their done? experience. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> he takes it every time. He puts like two interviews up. Let's let's shoot for three. I think we've got about sixteen athletes or so. Uh, so let's let's shoot for three and see how I get on. Okay. Aim low and, and, and deliver. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, guys, let's wrap it up. I know you've got to go. Let's get out of here. I'm Russ. I'm Midnight. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Kia kaha. kaha.